0: Hallelujah. Well, good morning. morning. How many of you want the Holy Spirit to fall on you in a new way, in a fresh way, in a strong way? It's a blessing to be with you. We had a great time last night with your leaders and we're going to continue with them today, but also with you. How many of you love Jesus today? Amen. 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 Well, I am Chandler. My, My wife is China and she's my Definitely better have, and I take her with me everywhere I go because I'm just better if she's around, and uh, I, I have no shame to my game. She definitely uh, makes me better, and I'm, I'm blessed to have her for 32 years, and it's just, hallelujah. I applaud the Lord because if anybody can live with me for 32 years, they are good. It's okay to tell on yourself. It's all right to tell on yourself in, in Texacana, Texas, amen. Well, we, are, we, we believe God's going to really speak to us this morning. How many of you need a word from the Lord? Turn on your Bibles to Luke 15, please. We appreciate this honor to address you, which your pastors have afforded us. And we are so grateful to them. I get a chance to travel with Apostle Kenneth Tracy sometimes, Pastor Linnell's uh, father and Pastor Linnell's father-in-law. And uh, we, just, uh, we just have fun with him and he is a riot all the time. But he's a blessing on every way coming. I just want to let you know before we read the scriptures, we're going to begin in verse 11. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Uh, just real fast, we did bring two DVDs with us. And if you're interested, one is called Beyond the Quick Fix. And it really addresses how to actually allow the Holy Spirit to bring about change in your life and not stay the same way. How many of you like to change and keep growing, go from faith to faith, glory to glory, strength to strength? And then there's another CD that's called Getting to Know Him, and it deals with the attributes of God. It's a crash course in how to really know him intimately. And so my wife has those. You can see her. But in Luke chapter 15, verse 11, and then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood." And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all their rolls a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want, then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your eternal word. We thank you that it is always relevant, always pertinent, always germane, Always on the point, always on the money, always right on time. And we believe even this day, God, that you will minister your word to us. When you promise through the prophet Jeremiah, and you had them rewrite it in Hebrews chapter 8 and Hebrews chapter 10, that you would write your word upon the tablets of our hearts and the tablets of our minds. That you would take your very own finger and would inscribe with an indelible impression, and nothing will cause it to erode. Nothing will wash it away. And that signs and wonders and miracles accompany the word in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now this has been called the greatest short story ever ever written. And we have traditionally thought of it as the, the parable of the prodigal son. The bad boy. Say bad boy. He was a bad boy. I mean wicked boy. He... He, he lost everything, wasted everything, squandered everything, and he did it through what they call as wasteful or prodigal living. Now, if you want to understand how bad it really was, put things in context culturally. When this younger son went to his father and said and demanded, give me now my inheritance, it was tantamount to him saying, Father, give me what belongs to me now, because as far as i concern, as of this moment, you are no longer alive to me. You are dead to me. I never want to see your face again. I no longer am your son. You no longer are my father. It was the greatest insult. The son ever could have paid to his father it was the greatest wound he could have inflicted upon his daddy but in spite of this the father consented and gave him his part of the inheritance it was not uncommon for a father to divide the inheritance before he died he wanted to make sure his sons would manage it appropriately And so this was not out of the ordinary, but for the son to be so ruthless and so harsh and so mean to his father, this was unprecedented. But in spite of this, the father loved him enough and he gave him his inheritance. Well, you know the rest of the story. He goes off and he blows his money. Eventually, all his friends that he was partying with left him. You know why? Sin has a... Has a sneaky effect on us. It never shows us the end result. Have you noticed that sin is deceptive? Sin will lie to you. It will make you believe you're going to have a great time. But it doesn't show you the underbelly. It doesn't show you the results. It doesn't show you the consequences. What does the Bible say? The consequences, the wages of sin is death. Not only physical death death in your relationships death in your finances death in your body there are many ways that death manifests and he found out the hard way that sin does pay so here here he is he's gone through everything he's having the time of his life oh my 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 but but you see sin also doesn't tell you that a famine often follows sin disobedience to god rebellion and and remember this this parable is meant to speak to us about heavenly things using a family situation a father and two sons but it is projecting a spiritual truth that we need to hear and so eventually a famine comes say famine he didn't count on that didn't anticipate it didn't factor it in but a famine came and all his money's gone and it's so bad that he has to hire himself out to a pig farmer. Now imagine the irony. A Jew feeding pigs. There was nothing lower, nothing more degrading, nothing more despicable to a Jew than to feed pigs. And he said to himself, the pigs are eating better than me. But no one will give me anything. Please understand sin has a payday y'all awake this morning don't don't let anybody deceive you don't let anyone fool you sin has consequences and so this young man is a perfect example to us of how degrading sin can be in our lives how it causes degeneration in our lives but the bible says that while feeding the pigs one day he came to himself, came to his senses. He says, you know what? My daddy, my daddy has servants and they eat better than this. The servants, the, just the, the slaves of my daddy eat better than this. Let me take myself home to my daddy and tell him I'm not worthy to be your serp, your son anymore. Just make me one of your servants. I don't even deserve I thought I've done to you after I've wasted your 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 inheritance your resources i'm not worthy anymore. just make me one of your servants, and so he heads home but look at what Jesus says in the parable. Jesus said, when he was far off when he was far off, the father saw him. now what does that mean? The father was looking the father was looking day after day, day after day, saying, I hope he he comes home. I hope my son comes home. Oh, God, let my son come home. Please, I love him. I'm sorry for what he's done. I'm sorry for the pain. I know he's experiencing right now because you can't do wrong and be blessed. But Lord, just let him come home. I love him. I'll receive him. Let him come home. And the Bible says that when he saw his son, he started running now understand understand culturally a man of his wealth and stature never ran in public it was beneath him he was too dignified he was too exalted in the culture but he picked up his robe and he ran to his son and a man of a man of his power Never showed emotion in public. But the Bible says, Jesus said, that he wept and he kissed his son. He initiated love. He came to his son. This was totally out of character for this man. But he put aside everything because his son was home. Now, many people, many people, you know, talk about how bad this boy is and and we preach to many people and gotten them saved because it makes sense come to jesus come back to the father come home but i don't believe jesus told this story to talk about how bad the son was how his living was so prodigal i believe this is a story not so much about the sin of the son but of the love of the father That it manifests to us. It declares to us how much God loves us. Because I want to tell you today that God is a prodigal father. We have talked about the prodigal son, but I want to introduce another concept. Not so much dwelling on the son. Let's dwell on the father. But his love for us, his love for us is so great. His love for us is extravagant. That's what prodigal means, extravagant. It means without limits, without boundaries, without any inhibition. God's love for you and me has no boundaries. There there, there are no depths to it. There are no heights to it. God loves us through and through all day long. And no matter, hear me, no matter what you've done, No matter how life has dished out things to you, God will receive you anytime. Now, you can tell us sometimes when we've had a hard week, a hard Saturday night, we come to church. And you know, the worship meeting says, raise your hands and we're at half mass. Because, you know, we're feeling bad about what we did. Guilt is pounding us. Condemnation is whipping us. And we just don't feel worthy. Don't feel deserving. But I'm telling you, no matter what has happened during the week, you can come to him because his love is prodigal. His love is that great. His love is that magnificent. And this, this, this boy who had slapped his father in the face. Essentially stabbed him in the back. And yet the father was still looking. This is a picture of our Heavenly Father's love for us. Still looking for him to come home. And when he saw him, he ran towards him to be with his son. Now the father does some interesting things. Four things. As the son is in the middle of his speech that he's prepared. Oh, daddy, I'm not worthy. And and I don't deserve. And it's like the father cuts him off half. In the middle of a sentence, his, his prepared speech. And he says, just stop. I don't want to hear it. He says, bring, bring the rope. Bring the best rope. Bring the ring. Bring the sandals. Bring the shoes. And then to put the icing on the cake, kill the fatty calf. Because my son, who was lost, is found. Now, what is this all about? All of these emblems are symbolic and significant of being fully and completely restored yeah. to his sonship. He was, he was like a slave feeding pigs, but now he's been restored fully. The best robe, we understand from Jewish scholars that the best robe was probably the finest material clothing they had in the family. It was reserved for the best guest, the best person, the most exalted person. It was beautifully embroidered. I mean, it was a piece of almost magic. And so he said, put the robe on him. Then he says, give him the ring. Well, this was very interesting because scholars believe that it probably had the family insignia on it. Again, signifying that he is restored fully endowed as a son and then the sandals oh my lord the sandals see because the first thing they took away from you in battle when you were captured in war was your shoes and 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 when you became a slave for any reason you you were shoeless that's why the the old negro slaves used to sing all god's children got shoes see as a slave i don't have any but i've got one in god All God's children have shoes. So even though they were barefooted, they knew in the Lord they had shoes on. And so they were free, even though they had chains on them, they were free in Jesus. And so it was very powerful for the father to say, bring the sandals. He's completely, fully, totally recovered as my son. And oh Lord, the fatty calf, it was reserved for the most festive occasion the most momentous time where there was the greatest celebration and the father said, bring all of this because we're going to celebrate. We're going to have a party. Doesn't remind you what Jesus said that when just one sinner comes home, the angels in heaven. Now, maybe, maybe we don't get excited. You know, when somebody gets saved, it's like, well. But the angels rejoice in heaven when just one person just one just one comes to jesus and gives their life so this is it the father's love say the father's love the father's love is prodigal love the father loves us that much now now let's let's, let's return to this because because we are people of god amen And, and and i'm telling you God is going to send. And it's a word I gave the leaders last night. And I want to finish it. God is about to send in a whole lot of people. These, these chairs are going to be filled. Both services. Pray for strength for pastor. Because God's enlarging his territories. Enlarging your tents. And, 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 and as God sends people in, they are going to be all kinds of people. And, and, and people that you know maybe we've never sat next to before. But the father loves all his children. Oh, it's hard to get a man here this morning. Can we pass out some Starbucks, please? And wake up a little bit. God, God, God is wanting to send all of his children, all of his people into this house. And he's going to do it. And, and, and the question is, is, is will they find prodigal love here? Will they be able to experience the prodigal love of God? Will they be able to come without any shame, without any embarrassment, without any condemnation, and find all that Jesus has for them right here? Right here. And, and this this is what he wants to do. He wants to put the robe on them. He wants to bring the ring. He wants to bring the sandals. He wants to kill the fatty calf. Now, you know, I'm going to deal with second part in the second service. So you please got to get this because there's a third character in this story. And we're not going to talk about him much this first service, but I'm going I'm to camp on, on his porch in the next service because he's the elder brother. And the elder brother, if you read the rest of the story, wasn't happy. And there were some reasons why he wasn't happy. And so I'm going to talk about the elder brother syndrome in, in the second service. And so you've got to hear it because this is incomplete without that. But that God, God was rejoicing. The Father was happy. The Father was overjoyed. And so what happens to you and me when, when, when we blow it? How many of you know we still blow it? Is there anybody perfect here? Okay, because I was about to make an altar call for liars. We are being perfected. You know, isn't it interesting that Paul says that he who has what? Begun a what? A good work in you will what? Will finish it. Now, now, what, what, what does that mean? It means that what he started in you is good. Tell somebody, I knew I was good. Go ahead, tell somebody. <laughs> I, 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 knew it, I, knew, I knew it was a good work he was doing in me. Because it is a good work. Say, Lord, you're doing a good work in me. It's it's not a bad work, it's 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 not a it's not a mediocre work. That word good, that word good is an incredible word. It it, it means something that has eternal value and worth. There are there, there 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 are two words for good in the Greek. One word means something that's just you know aesthetically pleasing, nice to look at, you know, it, it has superficial value. But this word good is agathos. And, and remember what Jesus told, told Martha when, when she was angry with Mary, not helping her fix lunch for Jesus. You all remember that story? She was really upset and fit to be tied and ready to wring her little sister's neck. And, and, and so Jesus said, Martha, calm down. You worry about everything. What Mary is receiving by sitting at my feet and hearing the word of God, there's a time to sit down and hear the word of God. There's a time to be with Jesus. There's a time to stop the motors from running and just wait before him in his presence and hear from him. And that's what Mary was doing. She knew the appropriate time to be still before the Lord. And the Lord said what she is doing and receiving is the good part. That was the same word, akathos. It will never be taken away from her. What she's got is priceless. Not just pretty, Priceless. Not just aesthetically pleasing, priceless, and what God is doing in you is priceless. His work is incredible in you. So, what happens though when we come to the house of the Lord, and, and you know, and the devil's beating us up? I mean, we feel like our performance has just been mediocre, and it's like, oh God, how do we even call myself a Christian? I mean, you know, how how do we even say I'm saved? Lord, my temper got the best of me. My anger, Lord, and my attitude, God. Is there anybody honest in here today? Thank you, sister. I, I feel you back there. I feel you back there. Somebody said I'm preaching. And so and so, what happens when we come to the house of the Lord? What happens when we come to our prayer time? What happens then? What happens often is this? We come in like you know why? Because we don't have a revelation of the prodigal father. That not only for this bad boy, but for us also. Not only for those who have run from God. Not only for the Jonas. Not only for those who are fleeing the will of God. But for us who come and come and come. And who love the Lord, but who are not perfect yet. What happens to us? Can we come in and know that his love is prodigal? And know that no matter how bad the day, the week has been, that he receives us. In fact, in fact, that he runs towards us. And that we can be in his presence without any shame, any condemnation. Paul made it his mission in his ministry to prove to us biblically that our righteousness is not in and of ourselves. It's by the blood of Jesus it is only by the blood of christ only that that he he he, he just wrote he wrote to the corinthians in first corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 he says that jesus christ has been made unto us righteousness he has been made unto us deliverance he's been made unto us sanctification he's been made unto us wisdom in other words he has, he has endowed us with it. He has injected it into us. He has given it to us. He has become our righteousness. He tells the Corinthians in the second letter, in chapter 5, verse 21, he says, not only that, but because of Jesus, in him, we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. I didn't say you were the righteousness of God. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Say in Christ see but but you are you are now watch it watch it brother cleveland you're giving people a license to sin people don't need a license to sin we do it quite naturally no 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 don't don't let them think that they're righteous before god because if they but they won't strive and they won't you know you know how we are in, in the Pentecostal, you know, what used to be called the holiness church. You know, we, we, we think we're not, we're not really saved unless we get ugly for Jesus. <sighs> ah! I mean, the, the uglier we get, you, we, we, thought, we thought that that made us more spiritual. No, it just made you ugly. So God beautifies us. We can, we can enjoy the Lord. We can receive his love. We can enjoy his grace. Because let me tell you something. We are saved by grace through faith. This is all grace. You know why Paul told the Ephesians? He said, the reason God set this system up was so that we couldn't boast. He said, we are saved by grace through faith, so you cannot boast. It is not of our efforts. Yes, we try to live for the Lord. Yes, we try to please Him. Yes, we give Him our all. How many of you in this room give your all? I mean, all you know how to give to God. How many of you try your best? Huh? Yeah. yeah, is this just an early morning crowd? There, yeah. you know, they chill. Okay, that's fine. Be yourself, but understand, I trust. And, and from last night, I was so impressed with the people that my wife and I had a chance to minister to because I discerned pure hearts in this house. Yeah. I was so blessed. I, I was, as this morning. I was praying and I said, "Lord, thank you for the people at Church on the Rock." Just from the leaders, I was so so encouraged by what i discerned in the spirit that there was a real cry and a heart throb for the lord that was pure and real not perfect but real genuine authentic that's all we can be is authentic god wants real people people who say lord i had a bad week but here i'm coming god I, i'm saying of my performance last night you know my, my temper got the best of me but lord i'm coming God, I I don't, you know, Lord, it, it, I, I'm hurt by what I said to my wife yesterday, Lord. or well, this morning, coming to church, because you know how we are. You know, husband and wife driving to church, you know, get in the parking lot. Somebody says, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the name of Jesus. Well, everything is going wonderful. You're lying. Wonder. We, we need an altar call right now for all of you married people. But, but see, but because, because you know what? We don't give each other permission to be real. If, if you can't come to church and be real, why do you come? If you can't come and find a place, a place where, where you can be transparent and take off your Christian face or whatever you call it, your, your holiness face or your churchy face, what good is all of this if we cannot be authentic before the Lord? Didn't Jesus tell us the Father was looking for people? He was searching for people who would worship him. In spirit and in truth. That means authenticity, means genuineness, it means transparency. That Lord, yeah, for some reason this was a bad week, Jesus, but I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I realize, see, the son realized that he needs the father. He realized he would stay in his condition if he didn't run to the Father. So if the week has been that bad, it ought to motivate you even more to run. To the Father. Because He's waiting for you. And His arms are open wide. And there is no condemnation. What did Paul tell the Romans? There is therefore what? Now. <laughs> not tomorrow. Iota mismo. Aura mismo. No mañana. Iota mismo. That means right now, not tomorrow. Y'all need to learn Spanish. Come on up. This is Texas. God wants you to learn Spanish. Me too. Now, so. So God says through Paul, there was therefore now, say now, Now. there was therefore now no condemnation to those who are what in Christ Jesus. How many of you are in Christ by the blood of Jesus? See, it all goes back to Jesus. It all goes back to his blood. We have no claim to fame, but the blood of Jesus. You know, this, this thing has been rigged. The system's rigged. And the devil's so mad, he's frustrated. He says to God is not fair. Because at the court of heaven, the devil comes to accuse us. And he is an expert accuser of the brethren. And he's up there saying, Lord, you know, they did this and they did that. And they did that and they did that. And so, you know, the father is a judge. And the, the son is a defense attorney. And the Holy Spirit is the jury. And the devil says, the jury's been bought off. This is not fair. I can't win in this court. No, he can't. Because the blood of Jesus has made us righteous. The blood of Jesus has wiped away, has washed away all sin. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us. And as long as we keep coming to him and we stay under that flow... We can come and 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 come. Let us get a revelation of his prodigal love. That it is extravagant. That it is, it is, it is without boundaries, it knows no limit. There is no depth to it. There is no ceiling to it. It is prodigal. It is boundless. It is awesome love. You know, I was in prayer this morning. and felt the Lord said it was okay to tell you this. My children, and please, if this offends anybody, I'm sorry, but this happened to me. So get over it in Jesus' name. My children have only been called the word nigger in church and at Christian schools. Glory to God! But well, let me tell you something Jesus forgives us of everything. Let me say it again He forgives us, God, by the blood of Jesus in Christ. He forgives us. What am I saying? That no matter what has happened, no matter what has happened to us, or no matter what we have done in ignorance and stupidity and even in anger and in hurt, let me tell you something. You can come to him. him. Don't let anything keep you away. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything prevent you from coming to him. There was a lady one time, and I'm finished. There was a lady one time in Luke 7. So this is probably my favorite story with jesus in the gospels and this lady they said was a bad lady presumably she was a prostitute you know sold her body for money and you know they she they were with jesus and jesus was at this pharisee's house and she came and she was so broken she came to the lord and got on her knees and she poured precious ointment on Jesus and, and she bathed Jesus' feet with her tears and kissed his feet. And, and, and Simon the Pharisee, the owner of the house, said, if he was a real prophet, he'd know what kind of woman she was. How dare, how dare he let that terrible woman touch him? If, if he was a real, real man of God, he would never do that. And so Jesus said, Jesus said, Simon, let me ask you a question. Let me, in fact, let me ask you a battery of questions. Simon, did you offer me anything when I came to your house? Did you offer me oil? Because it was customary. It was customary for them to, to anoint somebody's head with oil because in that part of the world, it was often dusty and arid. It was harsh weather. And, and when somebody was a welcome guest, you would anoint their head with oil to refresh them. That's why David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He goes on down and he says, he anoints my head with oil. You know what that means? It means that in the presence of God, we are all honored guests. You only anoint the head of a person who is an honored guest in your house. And when we come into the house of the Lord, he brings out the oil and he anoints us because we are his honored, his special guests. And he gets excited. He says, angels, go get the oil. Holy Spirit, pour it on them because they are my special honored guests. And then, then so, you know, in spite of how bad the trip has been to get to Jesus, when you get to him, he celebrates you. Yeah. So she, she poured the oil on Jesus and, and Simon the Pharisee did nada. And then he says, he says, Simon, did, did you give me something to wash my feet with? It was often customary to do that. No. He said, but this woman, this woman, this woman has washed my feet with her tears and with her hair. And and he says, you know why? You know why she's done this? Because those who have been forgiven of much love much. And and, and the point is, is that no matter how bad you think your life has been or your performance, now maybe you're like me. Maybe you've been a perfectionist all your life. Can anybody relate to me? Good. We have some honest people. You didn't have to get it right or else. (laughs) I'm turning this way. I don't want to get in any marital trouble. Anything. I mean, you know, these these people that you know just, just if it's you know like you know PowerPoint can drive me bonkers. If there's a misspelled word, I see it. Yeah. Nobody else sees it. I see it, and it drives me nuts. Why couldn't they spell it? What's wrong with spell oh, check? God help us. Why can't we get it right? I mean, I come out of the spirit. My wife said, yes, I do. I mean, it just, it just just drives a wedge between me and the Holy Ghost. Like, fix it first. Then I can come back into the Spirit of the Lord. But, but you know, it's, it's, it's those kind of things that, that drive you nuts. But let me tell you something. His grace is sufficient even for you perfectionists. I, I tell people jokingly, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I go to PA every week. Perfectionist Anonymous. Lord, heal me. Recover me, Lord. But no matter, no matter what kind of week, day, month, year it's been, I want you to know Jesus invites you to him. And, and he let this bad lady touch him. He let this wicked lady kiss his feet. He let this, this raunchy lady, some people would say, weep all over him. He welcomed it. He welcomed the prodigal. Son, he welcomes you and me. See, because if we're not careful, we can become phony with the Lord. The truth is, we have not arrived. I I love what Paul says. Many biblical scholars believe that Philippians was the last book he wrote. And he wrote it from a prison cell. And he says, I still, at the end of his, his ministry, he says, I still have not arrived. I'm still pressing. I haven't gotten it all right yet. And if the Apostle Paul can say that at the end of his ministry, God help the rest of us. But isn't it good to know that he was transparent? It's okay to say, Lord, I haven't arrived. But God, I'm coming. I'm here. Anoint me with oil. I'm your honored guest. In spite of my performance, I don't have to worry about my performance because Jesus is perfect for me. Jesus is perfect in my place. We have got to become Christ-centered. We've got to stop being me-centered. We've got to stop being I-centered and become Jesus-centered. And when we do that, we can come even as a prodigal. We can say, Father, here I am. And Lord, because of the blood of Jesus, I'm not coming with shame. I'm not coming with embarrassed. I'm not coming condemned because the blood of Jesus has washed away all my sins. And you know what's powerful about that? First John 1 and 9, it says, you know, quote it with me if you know it. If you confess your sins, he is what? Faithful and just to do what? To forgive us and to do what? And to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. You know what that means in the Greek? It means it is as if we have never sinned. Wow. Why would God go to all this trouble? Because he wants you to come. Say, Lord, I'm coming. Say, Lord, when it's a bad week, I'm coming. Say, Lord, when it's a good week, I'm coming. Now, of course, bad and good is all perception. Because in Jesus, it's all good. And later on, he reveals to us, even what you thought was a bad week was your best week. It's all perception. And until we understand it better and understand it fuller, we think it was a bad week. When really, it was the greatest week of your life. God did more for you that week than any other week. When you thought you were performing well, God was working over time. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that we are your people and we are honored guests, and we like the prodigal son can come home to the prodigal father and you are just giddy silly and happy as it were and you bring all that is with in your arsenal to us and i thank you god because the, the prodigal son thought that he was just going to come back as a servant but no 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 you gave him more and better than what he anticipated You gave him more and better than what he thought he was worthy of. You gave him more and better of what he thought he deserved because you are the prodigal father and you always give better. You always give more because your love is prodigal love. It is extravagant. Your love is extravagant. In fact, we sing this song all the time, don't we, Lord? Your love is amazing. It is. It is amazing we bless you lord we honor you we glorify your name but i just want to say this i'm gonna turn it over to pastor but i want to say this if if you need to understand deep in your heart the amazing love of god if 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 god has touched your heart today and i'm talking to you that are honest and transparent enough and genuine enough to say that I have not accepted Jesus into my heart and I have not allowed him to lead me. I have not allowed him in. I've come to church and I'm here today, but I know, I know, I'm real with God. I, I, I don't play games. I'm not a hypocrite. I know I have not allowed him in because it's easier for God to work from inside you than outside. So it's much better for you if you let him in. And all the benefits that come with him coming in. And you give him your life. Yes, your life to him. But we will have people that will pray for you. Because you don't have to leave here today the same way you came in. But Jesus is ready to come in. Your heart. And your life. And if, if, that is, if that is true of you, meet me here at the altar when pastor is done and we're just going to pray a simple prayer with you. And we have others who will pray with you and give you some excellent materials to ensure your success with God. Let's pray right now. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your peace that is here. Thank you for the anointing that's on the word. That's on the word. And that the anointing destroys every yoke of bondage and that the the word does not return void Lord and so we have shared your word today we believe that it will accomplish what you sent it to do and that your people will be healed in their hearts and ready to run to you at all times not just on Sunday at church but even during the day when, when they would avoid you in prayer and they would avoid your word but they would say you know what let me stop that bad pattern of behavior let me run to him because i heard on sunday that his love is prodigal let me try it out let me test it let me see for myself let me taste and see that the lord is good do it in us father i pray that we will run to you not away from you in the precious and the mighty name of jesus amen